Hey, this is Coco Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. This is Josh. And this is Nick. We're Talk Modern. This is Anthony Medici from Liquid Light. I'm Vince. I'm Boyd. This is Josh from Adverse Effects. This is Malachi. And this is Ryan. We're Small Million. And you're listening to Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP. Happy Tuesday, Portland. This is KSFL LP on 99.1 FM and PRP.FN. I'm your host, Luke Neal. This is Sounds of PDX. Got a very special evening. Uh, for those of you who listen to both this show and my Thursday shows, uh, one of my favorites to play is in studio with us, Benjamin Tyler from Small Skies. Thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, like uh, I was telling you before we went on the air, I recently discovered your music um, this year, and I was so excited to hear at that same time that you were releasing new music, and pretty much all of the latest release build we're going to be playing in the second hour, along with some of your earlier stuff. So thank you for sharing that, and more importantly, I wanted to see what your influences were. Uh-huh. Uh, I made a little bet with myself and Kraftwerk showed up. I was oh. super happy that they were on the list. So awesome. uh, our listeners are going to really dig what you're into. So later on in the show, we're going to have a text to win for a CD that we're going to give away. Of course, our Vortex Music Magazine picks of the week and our PDX Spotlight playlist will be influencing Benjamin Tyler's influences and of course, his original music. So uh, I'm going to start the show off uh, the playlist with a, a band we have in common. Uh, no surprise, it's m 83 uh, tell me what this band means to you, and more importantly, Teen Angst, the song you selected. Yeah, so um, this is one of those bands where I guess, you know, to put my cards on the table, I remember when I heard this album before the Dawn Heals Us, I remember just putting it on, and it was one of those moments where you just kind of like, uh, almost frustrated in a way because I was like this is what I was trying to do and they all, they beat me to it in a way but it was great because it, it, it just um, it was a really emotional uh, cinematic kind of synth music but also I really love that mix of organic instruments and vocals with the synthesis that they use um, and they've been a, a big big influence on me and i think that song like teen teen angst i think is just almost ironic and maybe a little tongue-in-cheek i feel like just because that song is just so like uplifting and happy you know (laughs) that it's almost like if you are a teen with a lot of angst and you hear that it's almost like give you a little hope to keep going and like yeah and i love the word you said earlier cinematic for a lot of people who don't know if you just know their their biggies like midnight city and stuff Mm -hmm. a lot of people may not know that they score entire films yeah as they should because i mean like uh i think i remember seeing reading an interview um with them and uh he was saying how a lot of times he'll have movies playing in the studio while he's working silently, but like he'll just kind of use movies to kind of invoke some emotion. And I don't think I could do that, honestly, with, (laughs) I would get distracted. I need like a, just a blank, dark room with little heat and not very comfortable. I've found, and that kind of helps keep me like focused on what I'm doing. <laughs> well, we're getting to that time of year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. This is writing time for me. Yeah, this is uh, this is a creative time for all of us creative types. Yep, yep. Uh, again, I love that you selected this. This is the first influence from Benjamin Tyler from Small Skies. This is Teen Angst from M83. Stick around.
That's M83 here on Sounds of PDX. I'm your host, Luke Neal. I've got special guest Benjamin Tyler from Small Skies in studio with me tonight. Uh, we're talking about his influences and, of course, original music. Uh, let's just start right at the beginning. What's your first, I love this question because mm-hmm. it varies so much. Mm-hmm. What's your first tangible memory with music? Wow. Uh, it goes back a long, long ways for me. Um, I grew up in a very musical family. Um, I mean, no, nobody was like a musician. My, my brother um, was a saxophone player, like in school band, but I think it, my dad just always loved music. He played trombone for a while, um, but then, you know, he became a scientist, but he always was just listening to music all the time and uh, had a huge album collection, and he would let me kind of rifle through it and stuff. And... Um, Honestly, I think my earliest kind of musical memory when I was really young, like, you know, six, seven years old, maybe even younger, I had a beanbag chair in my bedroom and I would get my little tape player and just sit and listen to tapes all day, Hmm. you know? And so, like, uh, I think my first favorite band was the (laughs) B-52s. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, my brother would make fun of me because they were re- really weird. But then I later realized, like, you know, for a first favorite band, that's not that bad. No, you know? it's great. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I also remember too when I was really little, I would be, um, going around town with my mom. Uh, she'd be driving us somewhere or whatever, getting groceries and, uh, there were certain songs, and I don't even really remember the songs, but I remember like certain um, progressions or certain musical devices would like really give me goosebumps. Hmm. Like I remember, for whatever reason, like ascending progressions that like moved up, like da 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 like would just get me amped as a kid <laughs> and it, it just was like clockwork. And I remember always like getting like these weird feelings from stuff like that. Uh, when I was younger, um, but yeah, that beanbag chair, man, that was that was the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> where you camped out. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, who were some of the early uh, synth artists that you were into? Because it's such a a big part of your sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny when I was a kid, I I quote unquote didn't like '80s music. That's what I would tell myself because I was definitely. A product of the 90s, you know, I was a Nirvana kid and I loved uh, drumming along with Dave Grohl and those sorts of things. Um, But I think the gateway for me is I started listening to bands like uh, the Smashing Pumpkins and Radiohead and things like that, where they would start incorporating synth sounds. And then also I I started listening to a lot of hip hop because I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico and um, hip hop is like really, really big in Albuquerque still is. It's a very big hip hop town. And so everybody was into hip hop and, you know, we would be listening to groups like Farside and Mad Lib and Tribe Mm. Called Quest, all this like kind of underground West Coast hip hop. And uh, I think it was just kind of like uh, going into hip-hop and then hip-hop and then kind of more synth-based rock kind of pushed me towards more synth bands. And then, like, I I heard things like uh, Square Pusher and Aphex Twin and a lot of these, like, really 
intricate kind of things. And I remember the first time I heard Square Pusher, uh, I just kind of wanted to drum like that on mm. my drum set. I didn't know anything about, honestly, I, I didn't know anything about synthesizers or how to make that kind of music at all. I just remember really liking the sound of it. And so that kind of set me off into that that world of uh, of making music through synthesis. And um, and I, I'm still learning to today. Like Eli, the, the synth player in the band, um, the other synth player in the band, he, he's still in the process of schooling me on, you know, just all the intricacies of, of well-made synthesizers and like things like that. The the legacy of where it comes from, how to get the sounds, all that yeah. fun stuff. That's rad. Yeah, like, you know, the difference between a poly and a mono, and, 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 and like why it matters, you know, because yeah. obviously I knew the difference, but it was just like, well, why aren't all of them poly? Why why don't we just say, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, like yeah. just things like that. Cause I, you know, it's a fair I, question. Yeah, to me, I thought. Yeah. And like, because uh, I, you know, I'm a drummer first and foremost that's that was and still is like my main axe i i i mostly think about music in that terms in that in that way and so uh it in a lot of ways it's kind of opposite from the the synthesizer mentality because you know for me as a drummer um especially when i was younger i was like well i can make music on anything you know sure. if i can hit it and it sounds good. I'm good. Like that's fine. And even if it doesn't sound that good, I'll 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 find a way to make it work. And I think I didn't really have the respect for the gear that I needed to to kind of think about synthesizers the way you should. Like uh, you know the difference between you know a nice Moog synth and some like free software synth that you got off the internet somewhere and like you know just like the quality of like a sound even if you just get like one note and you know on a good synthesizer you can just tell by hitting one note that this is like a quality made synthesizer and um and it's really important to like recognize that um and so it took me a while, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning, you know? <laughs> well, it's a worthy cause. And in the <laughs> second hour, I, I want to point out, like when we're going through your tunes, I want you to give us some specific examples of what you may have used. But I think going back to Synth 101, the next song on the playlist we've got is Kraftwerk. Uh, for those people yes. who aren't familiar with this band, how would you describe them to folks? Kraftwerk, man, um, they're, they're a, a huge, huge influence on me. Um, I think they're... You know, they're one of the first bands, at least that I know of, that would use synthesizers to create pop music, you know? Um, and they, they, I think maybe to the average ear, they're, like, not that poppy. They're kind of weird, maybe. Um, but especially these days. Like, these days, you know, they are very well established, at least to me, mm -hmm. as, um, you know, we're all just trying to, be like craft work, you know. This is so maybe, true. <laughs> maybe when they first came out, I, I could I could see like the average American ear kind of thinking they're kind of weirdos. Um, but I think it was just because a lot of people weren't really used to synthy music yet. You they, know? they were ahead of their time. I mean, totally. they're, they're groundbreakers in yeah. the genre. Uh, no surprise that they are an influence of yours. We got plenty more coming Definitely. up. We've got Benjamin Tyler from Small Skies. He's going to be with me until 9 p.m. Until then, this is Craftwork here on Portland Radio Project. <laughs> ¶¶
That's Cave by Future Islands. I'm your host, Luke Neal. This is Sounds of PDX. Benjamin Tyler from Small Skies is with me. Uh, that's one of your influences. You were just talking about, you just saw them at the Crystal, right? I did. Uh, my wife and I went to go see them. Um, and I've been a big fan of theirs for a long time. Uh, or at least, you know, for a pretty long time. And, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, I mean, everybody says this. He's... Samuel Herring, he's just like a monster on stage. It's crazy to watch him. And, I mean, um, their production also is a big, big influence for me, too. Um, Eli and Danny in the band, I think I'm always just like, you know, Future Islands would do this, and Future Islands, Future Islands. <laughs> you know? like, I, at, least, at least for, like, right now, I feel like I'm locked into to Future Islandsville. And, um, but, you know, for me, when we play live... Um, one thing that is something that I have to work with is the fact that I'm a drummer. So I'm playing drums and synthesizers and singing. And so sometimes, like, when I see a front person like Sam Herring and he's just running around the stage, like, sweating, getting crazy, and just, you know... um, Just, like, this invocative performance that's almost like method acting as a front person kind of a thing where there's just like they're conjuring this kind of emotion and like and 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 move through movement and dance and like down to facial expressions and things like that you know i f- feel like sometimes for me one thing that it was it was hard to get that because i can't move i'm sitting sure behind a drum set <laughs> you know and like y- the way the project is i i still you know even with danny and eli i still multitask quite a bit and so sometimes i feel like um i you know i i, I see front people like that and i just want to Get a little, little something, a little bit of that, you know, like just a, just a smidgen of that Sam Herring vibe, if I can, just because that emotion, just and um, you know, like I said, his whole stage presence is is just something I think is an amazing thing to do. Like it, it's really, I think, a lot harder than people think to create a vibe and create a stage presence to know how to act on stage, especially if you're not playing an instrument. Cause that's another thing too. I mean, I have my drums and my, and you know, I could just be like, you know, multitasking. Oh, there's Ben. He's like playing synth and drums and singing at the same time. And like, that, I guess that's a good gimmick or whatever, but it doesn't really conjure emotion. Like I think a really good front person can do, you know, they create a vibe and they create, an emotion and a feeling. Um, and so when I see somebody like Sam Herring or like, you know, Bjork obviously is another, yeah. like just her whole vibe and presence. Um, I just, they're like big, big influences on me as far as just trying to, to create a vibe for people when they're, when they come to see our shows. What's some advice you would give a band that is kind of forming their stage legs? What are some of the things that you would say keeps a show going um, I mean, you've obviously gone to a bunch of shows. I've gone to a bunch of shows. There's some things I like to see on my wish list for live performance. Mm-hmm. But what would you give to a young artist? Um, well, know your gear and make sure it's working properly. <laughs> that sometimes sucks. <laughs> I yeah. know. I mean, well, and okay, so yeah, that's a little cheeky. But honestly, 
it's especially the more electronics you're using, the more machines, the more gear you have, the more control you need to be in. And yeah. so uh, that's to me a big part of it. And um, because like I, I say that as a person who's, you know, bled on stage a lot, you know, I've got mad stories of just everything falling apart. And, and like I said earlier, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I grew up playing drums. And so, I'm late to the game when it comes to like, you know, working with synths, working with mixers, uh, getting a good signal, a good sound through machines and things like that. So a lot of it was trial and error for me, <laughs> a lot of error maybe. And, uh, but you know, okay. So that aside, another thing is being able to roll with the punches because that stuff will happen. Um, one thing I would say, there's a, uh, local performer, Poppy Fimbrace, everybody knows him. And, uh, one of the great local musicians and, and a great drummer. And I've known him forever. And, um, I remember seeing him a while back and, you know, it was like, I think when I first moved to town, I was really, really insecure. There were so many great musicians here and I was just the new one. And, um, at least that's how I felt. And <laughs> I remember seeing him play at the Old No a while back. Um, and he was doing like a, a one-person band thing um, that I think he still does every now and then called Paper Uppercuts. And, um, you know, he was just on stage and everything started to just fall apart. <laughs> you know, like the sound wasn't working, like everything was going downhill. But he was able to just use his energy and um, just his his kind of uh, charisma to use all the things that were going wrong to his advantage and make the show still fun and make it still engaging. And people were like in it with him. And I remember watching that. I was like, dude, this whole thing could fall apart and it's still a great show. Hmm. It was like a big, big uh, epiphany for me watching that because I think I had just played a show where um, all my stuff, which is, I, I had a huge, huge, terrible, terrible set. And I just almost just wanted to run off the stage and start crying in a huddled little ball, <laughs> you know. But then I saw him do that and it was just like, you know. It's all about how you handle mistakes and, and, and things that come your way, and you need to be able to roll with the punches. So that is definitely – those two things kind of go hand in hand, I guess. As hearty advice for the yeah, music business. Yeah. yeah, those are really good tidbits. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of great drummers, uh, the, the next song on our playlist is called Drum. I wasn't familiar with Slow Magic. Uh, Slow Magic, yes. I love what I hear so far. Yeah, um, he's uh, another one-person – uh, electronic band. I saw him open for Gold Panda pretty long time ago, back when Rotore was still around in town. Um, and uh, he was cool. He's another drummer synth guy, and um, he just has these two massive toms that he just goes crazy on while he's playing his beats on his computer and has this insane kind of LED mask thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an amazing live show, man. He's he's awesome. It's really cool. And, I've, yeah, I've just been paying attention to him ever since. And th this is off his new album, I think, that just came out like a week or two ago. It's really, really, really good. 
Yeah, it's going to get into my regular rotation. Uh, so glad you brought it to the show. This is an influence from Benjamin Tyler from Small Skies. He's going to be with me all night. So check it out. This is Drum by Slow Magic. Sharpen the Knife by Explode Into Colors. Uh, what does that band mean to you, man? Oh, man. Okay. That's that, that's a big one um, because I know and love all of them. But it goes back quite a ways for me. So uh, when I first moved to town, I remember they were pretty much the biggest band in town. Um, and I remember going to see them play and just thinking how awesome they were and uh and it was it was kind of crazy because uh you know having talked to them about it after the fact um they kind of just blew up very very quickly like i remember claudia one of the members telling me that i'm pretty sure six months some ridiculous short amount of time after they formed as a band they sold out holocene Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> fathom that. How, do you How did that? you do that? How'd that happen? But it, it, it's just, you know, it, so, and then um, I was in this band at the time called uh, XDS. And weirdly, one of the first kind of very, very big shows I played was Spoon was playing down in Eugene. I know. Wait, and so Spoon was playing in Eugene. And um, Exploding the Colors was opening for them. Okay? This is the weirdest story, at least one of the weirdest stories ever. Uh, Exploding the Colors was opening for them. Conan O'Brien. I know. No, it gets better. Conan O'Brien, was. it was like right after he got booted off of uh, NBC, and so he was doing that crazy tour thing he did, right? Oh, right, yeah. First stop, Eugene. The same night as the Spoon show, he's a big fan of Spoon, wanted Spoon to come play. They said, sure. And then so they needed another opener in walk me and Jesse XDS. And I like like I said, this is the first like very big show I had ever played where I walk in, we're doing sound check and I hit my bass drum. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like just, just I, I, it was insane. I've, it, it was like those dreams you've had of yeah, just Coliseum. Like, I made it. It's just, it's all going to be easy from here on out. Uh, yeah, but like, uh, and 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 that was when I actually first uh, met them, and they're all super sweet and cool. Uh, but I later found out they had already broken up, and so that was like I think one of their last shows. And so you know, it was it was crazy for me getting to play that show. And then I ended up like playing in bands with them all after that. I played in a band called Stay Calm with Claudia. Um, and that was another great experience. Like, uh, she, she's, they're all like big sisters to me, really. Um, and I was in a band with uh, Heather and Lisa called Secret Drum Band. And uh, yeah, that, which is awesome. Yeah, it's like, it's Lisa, it's their little like, um, it's it's like a drum choir is kind of how I would always oh, sick. Uh, explain it to people because Lisa would write out these big kind of um, 
uh, percussion charts, you know, and you'd get your your chart written out. It's like I think the only band I've been in where I get charts like, written out, you know. Oh wow, yeah, that's fancy. Man. I know. I, I mean, like I, I got that in school all the time and with jazz bands, but as far as like Portland bands, it's the only one. But it was it was fun. It was cool. I was like, oh, gives me a chance to to hone my reading skills a little yeah. bit more. But yeah, I mean, I just I've learned so much from all three of them and like I said they're they're like big sisters to me and so then they had the a reunion show um where uh for charity I think last October um and they asked me to cover some electronics and some vocal processing and things like that because uh Claudia explained it to me the way they would do it 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 just sounded like like an insane way to do things. The way they would play earlier is just like so much stuff for the three of them to have to do that um, Claudia would say like every show she just would like have a panic attack. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. And so she's like, I'm just going to have you like do some of these things so I'm not like trying to play a sampler with my foot, you know? <laughs> and I was like... Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey. I'm do a circus delay. Yeah, <laughs> no. But I mean, and that was one of those moments too. I remember like talking to my wife about it and it's just like, you know, if you if you'd told me way back when, when I first saw them, when I first came to Portland, it's like, you know, someday you will be on stage with all three of these people. Uh, I would have told you to stop lying to me <laughs> or at least tell me how that happens. Yeah, you know, that's pretty surreal, man. That's it, really rad. It was. Yeah. And, uh, and we're playing again. Uh, I'm, I'm playing with them again. I guess I should say, uh, new year's Eve in Mississippi studios. Oh, right on man. Yeah. yeah so I'm really, really stoked. To we'll, do that again. we'll be sure to remind our listeners uh, as Definitely. that's coming up. Speaking of listeners, uh, got a shout out from Ben Hooks on the talk board. Glad you're tuning in all the way from Arizona. Right on, uh, yeah. Ben. Uh, ben, uh, my guest Benjamin Tyler actually spent some time in Arizona as well. So we've been sharing some fun stories uh, off the air. Glad you're with us tonight, man. Uh, getting back to the PDX Spotlight playlist, just a quick shout out. Right now, the Rare Monk episode is live. Um, I think there's one more Comcast episode, but you can check it out on their website. Coming up, we've got Falcon Heart, Sarah Wilde, the audio sequence, and much more. So thanks to them for helping me out with the playlist each week. Uh, next on the playlist is the band Yesterday's New Quintet with their track Papa, another band I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. This is good stuff, man. Um, so this is uh, kind of um, the hip-hop producer Madlib, and he does like a lot of kind of pseudonym different things under different names. And uh, so Yesterday's New Quintet is kind of like his interpretation of a jazz quintet. And he, it's all samples, and, and like him just kind of like sampling a ride cymbal or sampling a snare drum and then kind of making jazzy beats out of it. So it's kind of like, it, it's it's a lot like a jazz quintet, but it's all just him kind of doing it himself, which is really cool. What a hybrid of uh, exactly, I mean, it's kind of your past of drummer and yeah, yeah, present I mean, of. Exactly. I always love, you know, to me, like, that's the big thing about jazz. I, I think jazz is very much alive and well to today, but it's just maybe not called jazz all the time. You know, like if you listen yeah. to something like Flying Lotus, like that is jazz. A lot of it is, but it's not just jazz. You know, there's elements of jazz. There's elements of hip hop. And I mean, I remember reading interviews with uh, people like Miles Davis or Max Roach. And even those guys didn't really like the label jazz. Sure. 
because uh you know when when miles started uh experimenting with like electronics and synthesizers and he got a lot of flack for that about how it's not real jazz and he was just like i never said i was playing jazz <laughs> you guys said i was playing jazz yeah, like you gave me the label exactly yeah. you know and it's that whole thing of like like forcing a genre onto somebody and then you get like a musician like miles davis and he kind of transcends whatever you're going to want to call him. Yeah, he you is know? music. You can't yeah, label it. He's exactly. a creative force. Yeah. Uh, too cool. I'm sure the listeners are going to love this too. Uh, band I'm going to dig into for sure after tonight. Glad you introduced him to me. This is yesterday's new quintet with Papa here on Sounds of PDX. Welcome back to Planet Earth. That was Gold Casio here on Sounds of PDX. Uh, that's a band that you are in. Mm-hmm. Tell us about, or at least for me, I'm interested in your creative process. What does it feel like to contribute to a band as a player rather than a creative force? Um, well, it's less stressful for one. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I love playing Gold Casio shows uh, because... I think um, a big part of playing live drums with uh, uh, an electronic band like Gold Casio and like Small Skies, but especially like a straight up dance band like Gold Casio is uh, just elevating the energy and, and kind of bridging the gap between, you know, the singing and the guitars and all the the instruments like that with the drum machine with the looping that's going on and um, and to kind of m- make it more cohesive. And, and so, like, uh, to me, you know, there, there's always, like, some kind of drum machine or some sample happening that I need to, to hear and play in relation to and kind of um, help to, to make it so that everybody can feel more comfortable Hmm. playing along sure. with that sort of thing because you know I, I always say like um, in my in my rhythm training class at PCC like if you're working with machines they don't listen to you you must listen to them right if you're, if you're playing along with a drum machine it has perfect time you don't and so uh, it's really interesting hearing how a lot of times um, you'll be playing with a sampler or something like that and you know our human instincts maybe you you you're you're feeling amped you're feeling energy so you start to rush a bit or something sure. you, you want to push ahead and and when you're playing with other people that's fine and it can actually even work well sometimes but again you know drum machine it doesn't rush it plays yeah. perfect time you know and so uh that's part of it but also i i just you know i i've I was in a in a ska band in high school. Sweet. I know. We rode that like six month wave of ska being really, really cool in the nineties for all you kiddies out there. There That's was right. there was six months in the late nineties when ska was really cool again. Yeah, the mighty mighty boss tones were the Elvis Presley of the day. (laughs) Yes, in all their glory. That's the perfect right Elvis. They were like Elvis. They were the Elvis man. Um, But like uh, the thing that I really loved about that band is what drew me to Gold Casio, and that is there's nothing 
that like brings the energy up at a show like everyone dancing together like everyone synced up and dancing to the beat together it creates this energy that is just so amazing and you know that's that's what got me into to making beats again like i you know i was i was doing like freelance drumming and uh studying jazz in arizona and all this stuff and I just missed that energy playing shows where people were going crazy. Yeah. There is something about when everyone's synced up together and dancing and feeling good and feeling the beat together that it just it it elevates everything and it's it's almost like otherworldly, you know, it can be. And so uh playing shows with Gold Casio definitely you know, people go nuts. If anyone's been to a Gold Casio show, they know it gets crazy. It's you bonkers. Know, it goes nuts. Be yeah. ready. You be so, hydrated. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I love those guys a lot. Well, moving to our playlist, you know, it, your music is happy. Uh, we're, we're getting to the part of the playlist where we're going to be listening to all of your original stuff. So I'm going to have a lot of questions. I want you to give some shout outs to the folks who helped make this all possible. But as we go into the first song here, Never See You Again, which is off of the self-titled release from 2014. Mm-hmm. What was it like? What was the final spark that made you, uh, or, or what would you say was the time period when you went from drummer to songwriter? Um, it was back in Arizona, really. Uh, it was. I. I um, it, it was kind of like what I was saying, where I was doing a lot of freelance work and you know making a pretty decent living, especially for like you know twenty one, twenty two year old. I was just drumming for a living. That was it. Um, but the gigs I were playing, were, uh, the gigs I was playing were just very lame, honestly. <laughs> like, if it, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'd play something cool, but I never had that like sense of ownership, you know, where you create a song, you're like, this is the kind of music I want to make, and you write a song in that vein, you know, kind of like your heroes, like how you would imagine they would do, and then you go and play it for people, and they like it. And, you know, there's just something to that, that if all you're doing is freelance, at least for me, I, I it wasn't as fulfilling as I would have liked it to sure. be. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I started to just ask around and see if anybody wanted to be in a band with me. And um, everyone I knew, I, I just think I, I was just confusing everybody because everyone was just really... Uh, into the jazz scene, into making money playing music. And I was like, well, uh, do you want to be in a band? And they're like, well, how much does it pay? And I was like, probably nothing. And then I wouldn't hear back from them. And so <laughs> so that's when I kind of got the idea of like, uh, I, I remembered a friend of mine uh, growing up, uh, Jaime Castillo, back in Albuquerque, and he would always be making beats on his laptop using a program called Reason. Ah, uh, yes. And Yes, Reason. And uh, so... I remember I was just like, you know what? No one wants to be in a band with me. I'm sick of doing freelance stuff. I'm just going to like start making beats. Cause, and I was starting to listen to more and more electronic music at that point. And so uh, I called up Jaime and just asked him, like, how do you do that? And he started schooling me on, on how to use Reason. And like, I was never much of a computer nerd. Uh, I was never really like into, you know, I was never one of those, I took it apart and then put it back together, kids. Sure, yeah. I, you know, I would just, I liked to play music and listen to music. And so that's always what my thing was. So when I wanted to make, when I was getting into electronic music, I was just like, okay, well then how do I do that? 
Um, it wasn't because I like computers. I, in fact, when I first started, I really didn't like computers. It was really frustrating for me to like, I remember the first time I got a copy of Reason, I was like, this is horrible, you know? <laughs> I was like, how does he do this? This stinks. And it's like, it's so slow and frustrating. And, um, and so, you know, and then, so that kind of like was the genesis of it, of, of just uh, kind of being frustrated and um, feeling like I had something inside that I wasn't really you know, getting out. And it, it was it, it was the weirdest feeling of uh, being, you know, in my young 20s and already starting to maybe feel a little jaded about music. Sure. And just being like, oh, gosh, I got to go play a show tonight. Ugh. And, like, and I remember just being like, this is supposed to be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so that's kind of where it went. And then, and then uh, I did a tour just off the cuff, and a, uh, this guy, Ryan who is now in a band called King Who, by the way. This is like 11, 12 years ago. Uh, he was in a band. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember the name of the band. But he, like, found me on MySpace. Ooh. Yeah. And, uh, and, and was like, hey, you should do a tour and come to Portland. And he didn't know me. I didn't know him. But I, he liked one of my songs, I guess, and said I should come to Portland. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play a tour. And uh, I'd never done that before, by the way. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and and the, so the first solo electronic show I did was in L.A. And uh, getting back to the whole, like, having good machines and, and making sure they work, it, it was a disaster. <laughs> it was just everything. It was just like, like it, I, I had my dad's throwaway laptop that he was just like, this thing barely works, so you can have it. And so I was trying to play and um, reason was making this computer work too hard and it just froze multiple oh, times. what so a was, nightmare. Yeah, it was a great first show. But I mean, <laughs> I honestly had a blast on that tour. Oh, I had so much fun. Cool. And then Portland was great. It was it was so weird too. It was just such a weird, it, it, yeah, especially from a kid growing up in the desert. Everything's sprawled out and bright and you can see where you're going. And I, I got into Portland and it was just immediately lost because there's no, you know, GPS or anything like that either. Sure, yeah. I'm just riding around. There's like no street signs. Claustrophobic, yeah, no horizon. Yeah, it was insane, man. Yeah, I feel but, but I loved it. I loved how like I felt not weird here. I always felt like a total weirdo in uh, Phoenix. And then I get here, and everyone's like, "Hey, hey, relax, Ben. You know, hey, you, know, you, you seem a little uptight." And it's like, "Whoa, it's like bizarro world." There's a there's a legit transition period. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna play a group of songs off of the self titled LP that came out in 2014, and then, like I said at the top of the show, we're gonna go through the majority of Build, which was released on September 5th. If you haven't been streaming it, you're crazy. So let's hop into it here. This is Never See You Again by Small Skies.
That was Small Skies, and this is Portland Radio Project. I'm your host, Luke Neal. You're listening to Sounds of PDX, and my special guest is Benjamin uh, Tyler from Small Skies. We just heard a block of songs from the 2014 release, which was self-titled. And in September, you recently released a phenomenal work of art called Build. Uh, so many good songs, man, and it's I, I love the the behind the scenes stuff. Um, so let's give a shout out to some of the folks who helped you put out such a great such a great record. Definitely, yeah, because uh, I'm not the type of person who can just make an album by myself. That's for sure. Um, I've definitely tried it, <laughs> and I, I mean, I can I can make a demo by myself, but uh, yeah. So so on. Build, um, you know, I would kind of flesh out the main kind of nugget or, you know, maybe write a whole song or something like that or write most of a song or get, you know, most of it together. And um, unlike the first album, which is when I just wrote all the songs and then kind of had people contribute on top of that, this time since um, the band... uh, has pretty much distilled down to me uh, and Danny Staten on on bass and Eli Savage on synths. Um, I would kind of have them come in and and like kind of I would leave s- certain space for them and I'd be like that maybe you can come up with something there and like especially if I was having a hard time with a song like uh, there were a few songs where I, I you know Eli would come in and just he like saved the song I was like at my wits end and I was like I don't know what to do with this I love the song but I just can't finish it and yeah. Eli would kind of come in and, and make it work and so we would just toss ideas around and because uh, we all have home studios and uh so we just kind of toss things around that way, and I'd kind of go and work with Danny for a little while, and go and work with Eli, or Eli would just kind of go off on his own and do his thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so th- we kind of fleshed it out that way, and then uh, I uh, took it to the Funky Church, and um, that is where Brock worked his magic. Brock Grenfell, uh, my bandmate in uh, Gold Casio. Um, and he, he's like an, an amazing producer just, uh, and, uh, has definitely his, uh, his own really cool way of doing things. Uh, and he definitely schooled me a lot on, on really good production techniques. And Mm. and so we worked a lot together and, um, it was, Honestly, at first, a little uh, weird to me because I had never had somebody uh, invest that much in my music like Brock did. You know, I mean, Eli and Danny, they did too, obviously, um, but they're in the band, you know? Sure, yeah. And like, uh, so with Brock, he just, um, he kind of, in a way, became another member of the band for that period of time because he just, um, not only would he, you know, he helped record and uh, helped get everything out and, um, you know, recorded everything we did, but, like, he he would, it was almost like an activist, activist kind of producing of, like, you know, he, he would take things and, like, uh, Things that maybe I hadn't thought about, um, 
and or, or or maybe he'd even like disagree with me sometimes on certain things and we would you know not in like an argumentative way but like sometimes butt heads over things because I'm like well we should put it like this and he's like I really think we should put it like that and it's like but I think it should be like this <laughs> and and like at, in a way at first it was like kind of hard but it was because he cared so much and so like once I uh, kind of got used to that flow and like and that he was all about me kind of pushing back too and us kind of like you know not even arguing but like debating over you know where something should be in the mix or if we should um get like a different kind of synth sound for a certain voice or something like that um and it was that's crucial though yeah it is gotta have that it totally is you know and it was the first time i feel like i had somebody that at least that you know believed in me and small skies enough to engage to that level and, you know, we'd been friends before that, too, and I think that definitely helped. Um, but it, honestly, I know even if we weren't friends, that's just how Brock works. And if you talk to anybody about him, that's that's how he works. Is he doesn't He's not going to take on a project unless he's willing to go 110%. It shows, man. Like, like I said earlier, the record came out on September 5th. Uh, it's called Build, and it is fantastic. I'm going to give our listeners a chance to win a copy right now. Uh, if you're driving, please be safe and pull over. Uh, and you're going to text the keyword SKIES to 27299. Again, the text to win is 27299, and the keyword is SKIES. We're going to get you a copy of Build, uh, fresh from the hands of Benjamin Tyler, my special mm. guest tonight. Uh, so let's hop into it. We're going to listen to a collection of songs from the record. We're going to start off with In the End. So stick around. More with Benjamin Tyler.
been treating your ears to uh, some some great stuff tonight. You've been listening to tracks off of Build from Small Skies. I've got Benjamin Tyler in studio with me. Uh, before we get back to asking him some questions and listening to uh, some more songs, I want to give Vortex a shout out and give you our shows of the week. My show of the week is, of course, for my special guest, uh, Small Skies. They're playing at Ron Tom Sunday Sessions this Sunday at 8 p.m. with Penny Mart. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I'm not familiar with Penny Mart. Are they local band or regional? I'm pretty sure they're local. I, I honestly am not familiar with them either. Uh, I've heard a, a little off their band camp, and they sounded really, really cool. Um, but uh, Travis, the guy over at uh, Ron Tom's, he he got them in on it, and so I was like, "All right, cool, let's do it." His his uh, seal approval is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I'm, I honestly, I'm down to pretty much play with anybody. Like the weirder, the better, you know. <laughs> I think, you know. Well, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, it's it's my show of the week, and if uh, you didn't hear before, I'm gonna get you one more chance to win a copy of Build. It's the brand new LP from Small Skies. We've been enjoying here in the second hour. Uh, so to text to win, you're gonna text two seven two nine nine. Give us the keyword skies, S-K-I-E-S. Once again, that's 27299, keyword skies. We're going to get you a copy of Build. Um, This record has got just so much going on. And I'm telling you, folks, dive into the record and put on headphones. It's worthy of that. Like, trust me, it's a headphone record. Um, But as much as I love the music, I want to ask you, what inspired the lyrics? Was there a certain theme you were going for? Is this a collection of ideas? Um, I think... You know, a lot of times the way I work writing-wise just to kind of help get inspired about stuff, I like contrast a lot. You know, if I do something quite a bit, then I like to try the opposite and see what happens. And so the first Small Skies album, I think it was just kind of like my love song to Portland. Because mm. it, it was a, the idea was, you know, I... I made all these friends and and gotten all these amazing musical experiences living here. And uh, I'd been doing solo stuff for so long that I was like, I want to play with people and get all my friends in here and like make this album about love and friendship and everything like that. So for this album, um, you know, there's a couple things. So I obviously was like, okay, let's try kind of just seeing, uh, exploring some darker themes, you know, and, uh, and like, also, you know, I was writing a, a lot of it in, you know, late 2015 through 2016 and just kind of watching the world burn. You <laughs> so, know what I mean? It's a good subject matter. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that kind of came into it as well. But like, uh, it, it, more than, um, that it was kind of just, I, I think, uh, you know, I I love uh, science fiction and horror films too. You know, my wife and I love to watch a good scary movie. You're so lucky. I know. This is the only month I can convince my wife to watch <laughs> scary movies with me. Hey man, my wife she uh, she is way more hardcore than I am. Really? Oh yes. <laughs> she has been watching scary movies yes. since she was like a little little girl. That's and so, so cool. Yeah, it's uh, she she's hardcore and. It just this time of year, it just goes into overtime. It's I love like it. Every movie is scary at our house yeah. in October, and like uh, so. I mean, and and that kind of imagery, I think. Um, and you know, I, I was trying to kind of get away from. I think a lot of my lyrics 
that I wrote for the last album and, and maybe in earlier songs were uh, very much, you know, just realist kind of things about my life and me and, and things I needed to maybe get off my chest or whatever. And uh, I wanted to kind of do maybe not necessarily like storytelling, but more just kind of creating more of like a, a weird universe with the lyrics and, and not, not, uh, not anything that necessarily is like a real thing, like, a, you know, a story about something that I know, but more just like, um, you know, like I, there's one song that I wrote. Uh, a lot of it's kind of just, you know, like, the way technology is affecting us all too, I think mm. is a big part. And like, you know, I just uh, was reading um, and still am reading uh, uh, um, Infinite Jest and like that idea of, uh, you know, the, the internet or, um, you know, entertainment being so engaging that you w want to live in that world more than the quote unquote real world, you know? And like, I, I'd been reading that a lot. I'd, I'd been getting into a lot of kind of, um, weird dystopian futuristic type stuff. <laughs> and it was 2016. And so like, I don't know, it, it, it wasn't any, uh, kind of specifics, but it was just a lot of kind of, uh, imagery. But at the same time, I always want to make my songs hopeful. It's not like, um, just this dark doom and gloom type thing. Cause I don't know. Really, oh, yeah. I think all music. And I, I remember hearing Tom York of all people saying that like all music should be life affirming and you know, it should be fun. And I, I firmly believe that, especially like when you go, go out to a show and you come see us uh, play a show, I want everyone to know like, you're going to dance. It's like going to be a party. I mean, we have like kind of a darker sound a lot of times, but, um, I want everybody to have like a blast when they come see us. And I want everybody to feel good when they listen to our music, even when it gets a little darker, you know? Yeah. But yeah, you put it right. I think even though some of the quote unquote darker stuff off of build, um, is still hopeful. And I find your lyrics, um, a lot more narrative than the earlier work. I think you hit it on the head. It's mm -hmm. narrative. Mm -hmm. You, you, uh, you paint a really nice picture with your lyrics. Uh, we're going to be playing a couple more songs here. We've got the title track, Build, the track, Goodbye. And then uh, at the end of the show, we're going to close out with the song that was also featured on the PDX Pop Now uh, collection, Candy. Uh, so here it is. This is Build by Small Skies. Stick around.
goodbye from Small Skies. Benjamin Tyler has been my guest all night. And ironically, it is time to say goodbye. We've got another song of yours, but uh, I really want to thank you for being here. It's been a blast, man. It was my pleasure, my friend. It was super cool. All I've done today is just sit around talking to various people about music, and uh, I am very blessed and thankful. So thank you so, so much for having me. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. I'm a big fan of what you've been doing. It was nice to finally get you on the program. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, this is great. It was great. So uh, before I let you go, um, any shout-outs or goodbyes you'd like to say to anybody out there that may be listening? Hey, uh, I just want to thank everybody uh, who comes to our shows. Thank you for listening. If if you like the music you hear, please hit us up on uh, social media and all that stuff because it really, really makes a big difference for us. You know, we're on Spotify and all that good stuff. Please hit us up. Come to our shows. We're at Ron Tom's on Sunday. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, just, like, I love Portland. I love all the people here. And even with all the crazy changes that are going on, I think it's really important for us to remember how special it is here. So uh, that is my last little tidbit. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> our, our soul remains the same, even though we're evolving as a city. Uh, exactly. uh, the song I wanted to cap the evening off with is one I've enjoyed uh, for quite a while now. This is Candy off of the PDX Pop Now compilation. Uh, some quick thoughts on being included in that. Oh, oh uh, it was uh, crazy, man. I've lived here forever, and this is another thing. You know, I, I've been checking out PDX Pop Now forever and, uh, you know, submitting to PDX Pop Now forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you know, just getting on the album, I was like, oh, my gosh, we got on the album, guys. And then to for them to have us for the release show, headlining the release show was, like, insane to me. Um, and it was just one of those moments where you're like, whoa, this is kind of dream come true kind of thing. And uh, it was just a real honor. And everyone was super nice. Um, it you, you know, just to have like a volunteer organization like that. It's another yeah. thing. Like, you know, a lot of cities don't have people that are that passionate about music. Or at least they don't have the infrastructure to create something like that. They don't have, there's not enough of a of a musical community where there's people willing to volunteer and really work to make something like PDX pop happen. Cause it's all volunteers. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane, man. But it's like an institution in Portland. It's, and so to be a part of it was, um, a real honor and we were all really, really excited to do it. And so, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Congrats, man. It's one of my favorite songs of the year. That is for sure. This is candy Thank from you. small skies. Uh, thanks again to Benjamin Tyler for being my guest tonight. I'm your host, Luke Neal, reminding you to discover and support local music. Have a great night. <laughs>